Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 298 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about advice for tennis parents, and our topic today comes to us from Anchor. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, Anchor. It's uh, A-N-K-U-R. And he left this question in the Essential Tennis group on Facebook. And you can join us there by going to EssentialTennis.com slash group. And that'll redirect you right to the Facebook group. Amazing community growing very quickly there of super passionate players. And Anchor wrote this question for me. He said, my daughter is nine and is not gung-ho enthusiastic about tennis, but she can hit. How do I slowly get her into leagues and tournaments without being too overbearing so that she enjoys, I'm sorry, so she learns to enjoy the sport? Okay, Ankur, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I've had people on the podcast before that I strongly recommend you listen to. Frank Giampaolo is the main one. I'm sorry, I don't have that episode handy. If you if you do a Google search for Essential Tennis Podcast, Frank just, just that will probably bring him up. I think I've had him on the, the show twice and maybe three times. At least one of those was to talk about tennis parenting specifically. This is going to be the first episode of the podcast where I give my own personal thoughts and opinions and perspectives. I, I have two children. I've been around tennis my entire life, both as an internet uh, content publisher, but but also before that, I spent about a decade in the club environment, both at commercial facilities and also private kind of country club type facilities. And so I've, I've kind of been around a little bit of everything. I'm going to give my opinions. I'm going to give quick thoughts and opinions from Kevin and Megan Garlington, who are two of the coaches here uh, on my team at Essential Tennis. And they came from the world of high-performance junior uh, academy and training, which uh, is kind of its own little world uh, within the world of tennis. And I I asked for their quick input. I'm going to give that as well. Uh, So really quickly here, but before I really get into everything and, and kind of the details, I want to let you know kind of where I am on the spectrum. I'm not going to, I'm just going to go ahead and just give a disclaimer right from the get-go here. These are all my thoughts, my opinions. I'll give you reasons for all of them. But I'll tell you right now, Anchor and everybody else listening, that I decided well before I had children. I got married right out of college. I was 22. My wife was 21. And we didn't have kids until we'd been married for, I think it was six years. So I, I had, I had, I was in the tennis world full-time teaching on the court all day, every day for a solid five or six years before I ever had kids of my own. And before I had my own kids, I decided, I kind of resolved to myself, I made kind of a promise to myself that I would never coach my own children. And this is a little bit of an aside, but you'll you'll kind of see how it works back into the the topic at large. If they wanted to play tennis, I promised myself that I was not going to coach them. And what really caused that resolution in my mind was watching other parents 
try to coach their kids and a wide range of different parents. There's your parents that don't know anything about tennis and have no idea what they're doing and are out there trying to train their kids to be high-performance players anyway. Uh, maybe they were good athletes in other sports or maybe they were experts in some other field, but they, they know nothing about tennis. And watching them on the court kind of taking charge and trying to be the coach figure as a parent was frequently very painful to watch. It was very painful to watch that child go through that frequently, not just because the information was bad, but frequently because the attitude that the parent took on. And then all the way on the other end of the spectrum, I was, I've, I've seen very, very qualified, very intelligent coaches try to coach. I mean, people who've been in tennis professionally their entire lives be on the court with their children. And again, just, uh, just absolutely destroy their relationship with their kids and destroy to a certain extent, psychologically and emotionally, their kids period, their kid's psyche, because of how they would manage themselves and conduct themselves on the courts. The, at the end of the day, the, the parent relationship and the coach relationship, it, it's, it's coming from such a different place, such a wildly different thing that should be accomplished, should be trying to be accomplished, in my opinion. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of that, but I, I just wanted to start off by, by kind of telling you that, uh, Anchor. It's something that I knew that even if my kids were like super into tennis, I would much, much, much rather just have a clean line in the sand and say, I, I love you. I'm your parent. I'm not your coach. This person is your coach. This is the person who's going to be pushing you, who's going to be stretching your boundaries, who's going to be teaching you life lessons on the court. Of course, I'm going to impart my own, you know, wisdom in my own way in my my parenting role, but uh the role of a coach is a very very different one. And I've seen so many parents make their kids very, very, very unhappy on the court by pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. And I just knew that I didn't ever want to tempt myself to ever be close to that place where I was doing that to my own kids. And so currently, I have two children. They're ages eight and five. And they both have rackets. They don't really use them a whole lot. Uh, every once in a while, they'll they'll kind of hit my daughter, who's eight. She'll ask me to toss balls to her in the driveway, and uh, she'll hit them back to me, or kind of hit them up on the roof of the garage. She did like a like a six or eight week session at the club that we belong to, and then she wanted to go do something else, and I was totally fine with that. Is there a part of me that would love to watch one of my kids play tennis? Yeah, sure, absolutely. But do do I need to see that happen? Is that going to you know fulfill some part of me that's empty that I need to have filled? No, I'm I'm very mindful of those feelings inside of me, and it's not something that's at all is going to inform the way that I suggest or push or program my kids' lives and and what they do on a day to day level. It's my five-year-old, my son, has done basically no tennis. I mean, he's five, but I've, man, the stories I could tell you and the stories that any teaching pro could tell you, five, you know, uh, in the world of tennis sounds like, oh man, you better be out there like putting in reps by age five. You know, they're already developing. And my, I, I honestly, 
after seeing what I've seen in the with tennis parents, I have absolutely no interest in that because of what I've seen ha- happen to those relationships and to those children. Now, Ankur, I, Kevin and Megan Garlington, two of the coaches here on my team, they helped grow and build from very early days, one of the most premier and most respected high-performance junior academies in the country. And by the way, uh, j- just to just to preface, uh, and I should have probably started with this, Ankur in his um, question didn't at all necessarily allude to wanting high performance or you know, wanting his kid to get a scholarship or play professionally or anything like that. But I know that a huge percentage of parents who listen to this episode, that's kind of what they have. Maybe they don't say it out loud, but that's kind of what's in the back of their mind. And so I'm going to be addressing that. And Kerr, I'm going to, I'm going to talk a lot about just general advice for parents pushing their kids as well. But I, I want to be sure, and because of the title of this episode and because of the access I have to people who've been in that world and my own experience watching high-performance uh, juniors, very limited compared to Kevin and Megan, but a little bit of experience at the clubs that I worked at, I definitely have my own thoughts as well. And, and so the, the Garlingtons, before they came to Essential Tennis about a year ago, they spent over a dozen years just day in, day out, living in that world of high-performance junior players. And the place that they worked, they were it was their job to develop junior players to be world-class competitors. They were competing at junior Grand Slams. They were traveling to other countries uh, on a consistent basis and competing uh, in other parts of the world. And so they were really grooming and training the best of the best. And so I... (laughs) And Kerr, I, I sent your question to both of them. They're actually both uh, traveling today, the, the day that I made my outline and I'm recording this episode. But I sent your question to both of them, and I, I asked both of them, just in one sentence, what would your response be to this, to this question? Okay, so here's Kevin's response. He said, LOL, dot, 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 not being facetious, but probably let her play another sport. Is Kevin's response. I didn't preface this with anything. I didn't say, oh, Ankur is looking to like get his daughter into the pros or be a college scholarship athlete or whatever. Didn't say any of that. I just simply copied and pasted Ankur's question uh, to both of them. And that was Kevin's response. Megan's response was, keep it as fun as possible, but find something she begs to go play, even if it's not tennis. And Kevin, a little bit, a little bit more uh, candid and a little bit more direct. Uh, Megan's response, I like, I like a lot. And ultimately, ultimately, that's my response. You need to find something that she loves to do. I love the way uh, that Megan phrased it. Find something she begs to go play, even if it's not tennis. And so, Ankur, my my question for you, and for me, this is the question. This is the question you need to answer as brutally honestly as possible. And every other tennis parent listening to this, this is the question you need to answer. Why do you want your child to learn to enjoy the sport? And I, I, I lifted that from the original question. Listen carefully. My daughter is nine and not gung-ho enthusiastic about tennis, but she can hit. 
How do I slowly get her into leagues and tournaments without being too overbearing so that she learns to enjoy the sport? My, I mean, the, and this is why Kevin starts with LOL and all, th- all three of us, our, our alarms are sounding. Kevin, Megan, and myself, like we're like lights are flashing, uh, alarms are going off, bells are ringing because of the phrase so she can learn to enjoy the sport. Why, if she doesn't inherently enjoy it, if she doesn't play it and enjoy it now, why do you want her to learn to enjoy it? And how are you planning on on causing her to enjoy it if she doesn't in the first place, I guess is another question I would ask. But the most important question is, why do you want her to learn to enjoy the sport if she doesn't as it stands? Is it for her? Or is it for you? Please answer that question as brutally honest to yourself as you can. Do you want her to learn to enjoy something that she doesn't enjoy now, mostly for her benefit, or is it for your benefit? And I'm just being—I'm just coming right out and asking the question. This is this is what motivates parents, tennis experts, and non-tennis experts to push and push and push their kids. The underlying thing that's being gratified that they're attempting to gratify is some some kind of thing below beneath the surface some kind of desire uh something that they didn't get to accomplish when they were a child um or it's something that they never had the opportunity and and they love tennis now and they want their child to have every opportunity possible to realize their potential as a tennis player or is is some uh, dream that they had as a child, but they weren't good enough, and they they see that their kids maybe have more athletic potential. Whatever it is, in most cases, it's the parent living out their own dream. It's the parent living out their own desire for their child. It is not the child's desire to be a tennis star. It is the parent's desire for their child to be a tennis star. And so, I, I am not at all accusing. I'm not judging. And Kerr, but when I read so that she can learn to enjoy the sports, and she's not enthusiastic about it, but how can I get her to play? I'm unbelievably on edge about answering that question. And that's why I've kind of taken this episode in the direction that I've taken it, because there's so many parents, some of them very well-meaning, uh, but others, frankly, just destructive with how they treat their kids. I'm telling you because I've seen it over and over again. And it's it's painful to watch, and and Kerr and everybody else listening, all the other parents listening. I'm just telling you right now, if you push your kids too hard, it can not only damage their love or lack of love of the sport. It can not only turn them off of the sport; it can turn them off of you. It can damage your relationship with them. As the last thing I want, obviously, for for any of you. So if you came into this episode thinking, oh, great, I was going to, I wonder how many people, most of those people have probably turned this off by now. If you, if you clicked on this episode, advice for tennis parents thinking, oh, great, Ian's going to lay out some kind of roadmap for high performance, you know, he's going to give me the shortcut so that my kid gets a scholarship and has a chance to play professional tennis or whatever. Consider some stats here. If you're still listening to me right now, uh, consider these stats. I just looked up the percentage of high school athletes who play tennis in college. On the boys' side of things, so across across the entire country, high school 
tennis players who play uh, boys who play in high school who make it onto an NCAA team is 4.4%. If you're a, a female high school player, a female tennis athlete in high school, then the percentage chance of you of playing tennis in college is an even 4%. Now, that's playing. That's not getting a scholarship. That's pl- and that this was Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, uh, and like a couple other uh, other conferences uh, or divisions of athletic competition that are are college, you know, competitive, but they're not your your main NCAA, you know, Division One, Two, Three. That's across all of those different levels of competition. That's not D one college ath- uh, college scholarship athlete. That's just playing in college, period. You take those 4% of players, or 4.4%, you break them down into D1, 2, and 3. You're not getting athletic scholarships in Division 3 or the other ones, only Division 1, Division 2. And you've got a percentage of those percentage that of that percentage of players that have any chance of getting any kind of scholarship money. I played for three full years on a Division 2 school and received zero scholarship money. And it was the, the, the probably the greatest experience of my life was was being part of that team, the camaraderie, the competition, uh, the growth as a player, the growth as a person. It was an incredible experience. Zero scholarship money for for all the work and all the effort that I put in. It was totally worth it. But for so many parents, that's kind of like the dream. That's like the uh, the shiny object that they're reaching for. And I don't think many parents understand how unbelievably difficult it is just to achieve that, much less being competitive in professional tennis. It's, un- it's just astronomically ridiculous to, to think about making it. Even if you have the finances, even if your child is gifted, I mean gifted athletically, just has uh, inherent athletic ability and awareness and and uh, coordination and you're able to fund the unbelievably expensive journey uh, at the Garlington's Academy it was a hundred thousand dollars a year to go through with their full-time program and that's I, I don't think that included uh, traveling or tournaments or stuff like that I was just the tuition for the coaching and uh, the education there at the Academy and after years and years and years of that, maybe playing college tennis, maybe not, if you are able to compete on the world stage, do you know what the cutoff point is for actually breaking even worldwide? I've heard a couple different numbers from a couple different people. The mo- most conservative, the most generous number I've ever heard is 125 in the world. And maybe that's a ballpark. Uh, it, well, it is a ballpark. Like, I, I don't think there's any actual real stats on this, but people that I'm close to that are close to players that are right on the edge of kind of breaking through on the pro tour tell me that the break-even point financially is about 125 in the world. That means if you're, 100, if you're the n- number 150 best player in the world, there's only 149 people in the world better at the sport than you are. You're losing money year on year, which is absolutely insane. If you want to, if you want to do better than break even, you need to be in the top 125. And even if you double that, okay. So, so even if it's 300, which, which I, I'm, 
very confident that it's not actually that many people that are uh, in the in the black that are actually in the positive playing professional tennis. Even if even if it was top three hundred, the odds are unbelievably astronomical. So I hate to crush anybody's dreams here, and and just to be really clear. And Kerr, like the, back to the original question, is it possible to gently guide your daughter towards enjoying the sports and having it work? Yeah, absolutely. It's possible. But before you try, please, you'd better be really honest with yourself about why you're trying to do that. Why are you trying to push her to enjoy it? Is it for you? Is it because you have you know a dream of you know, a very, a very wholesome and admirable dream of like playing tennis with your daughter and enjoying that thing together. Uh, and sh- could that be for her? Sure. Is it probably more for you? Yeah, probably. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all, again, judging. I'm not at all accusing that there's like bad motives here or anything like that. But I think it's unbelievably important that parents are extremely honest with themselves about what is motivating them to want to motivate their child to do something that they're not inherently interested in doing or doing something that they're not inherently enjoying already. What is the outcome that you're really striving for here? Because if it's for her, are you okay with it just being for fun? That's, I guess, the next question. Because after hearing the stats about college and, and much less the pro tour, are you totally fine with her pursuing it just for the pure enjoyment of it? Whether or not she ever wins a trophy, whether or not she ever wins a state championship or ever goes to college or anything else, are, is, is that your pure 100% motivation that she just learns to enjoy playing the game no matter how seriously she takes it or how good she becomes or how bad she is, even if she tries hard, are you 100% fine with that? And if so, then I would say go ahead and give her a little bit of a push, but just a little bit. If she resists, then my personal opinion is you need to back off immediately. Do not push beyond that initial resistance. Uh, For her sake, for your sake, for the sake of your relationship, and for for her happiness, I, I just can't possibly recommend that you push beyond that. As chances are that that's it'll that's all it'll ever be is just just something that she does for fun, and so you need to be okay with that and embrace that and accept that because that's the reality. And the downside of pushing beyond that is is just extremely extremely, um, what's the right word? It's just a devastating thing when it goes wrong. And I, I would hate that for anybody who listens to my voice on a regular basis. And so hopefully this hasn't been too much of a downer. Hopefully this has been eye-opening to you and revealing to you, especially if you're kind of on the outside looking in and you don't know much about the junior tennis world. Are there, you know, are there stories of kids that they, they need that push and their, their parents give them that that uh, kind of inspiration or motivation and they end up making it and it's like a beautiful story and the kid becomes a great athlete. Yeah, it happens. It's a very rare story, honestly. And I, I there's part of me that is sad, you know, to say that. And I, I wish that wasn't the case. And I, I, I wish that wasn't the experience and the, and the ex- perspective that I've had of the game, being around the game, and I, that I constantly hear from other coaches about parents and about the relationships with their kids. I wish it wasn't the case, but it, 
but it is. And if you'd like me to go more in depth on this, I, I could easily have Kevin or Megan or both of them on the show to kind of go more in depth on this. And they've had an incredible level of experience in the world of high performance junior tennis. So it's something we could absolutely explore more. These are just kind of my, my cursory thoughts and perspectives and opinions on it. Hopefully it's been helpful to you. Feel free to shoot me an email and let me know what you think. That address is Ian, I-A-N, at EssentialTennis.com. For more free, game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.